The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. I burn his production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bound and astounded. Fishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis. Frazier to Strickland. The next generation. We carry on tradition. Year after year. Season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense, playoff intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Ooh. swishing through the net, yeah. the players take flight, flight. vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, head them with attack, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take a bite, right. about to take a ride, up to new heights, this is our year, the future real bright, right. shining real bright like the New York City lights. The Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Welcome everybody to the, I guess you could call this, the new, the summer premiere, the summer season premiere of the Bleed Blue Show. We are kicking things off with the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum. We're talking New York Knicks. We're talking the NBA, the summer league, the, the off season, everything in between. But I got to first start off by saying what's up. And welcome back to the country, because I know he was out. Mr. Steve Azul, how you doing, brother? Nickabaka Avenue, it's good to be back on our first episode of the Bleed Blue Show uh, this summer, of any episode. Um, we pick up on the other shows next week with the hockey, with the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud on Tuesday, the Big Blue Roundtable next Thursday, but the Nickabaka Avenue fan forum has, few, has priority this week. We're going to talk next, we're going to talk rest of the NBA, Gonna have some fun. Catch me up on up to speed and have some fun with all that, man. Absolutely, man. And 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 you know, we have some things to discuss. Um, some things have happened. Um, the team is a little bit different from since the last time you were here. And um, so let's get things started. I know Mr. Donardo DP, Dominic Donardo. How you doing, my brother? What's going on? How's your summer going? Uh, he's just got to call in like normal. He's just got to call in like normal. So. Ah, Johnson. oh, well. Yeah, there he is. Call in, Don, like you normally <laughs> would. Like, on, on, we can see you, though. We keep the uh, the, the Zoom on, on the mute. But, yeah, let me uh, – so what I heard, like, when, we, when Don calls in, we'll let him get back on the mic. But, um, you know, fill me in on the OB Toppin trade. Uh, what, Dante uh, – Dante, so – yeah, but um, well, no calling, calling, no calling through the uh, the phone though. Keep the video up, keep the video up, like last time. The Dante DiVincenzo um, signing, uh, Av, your thoughts on that? Um, you know, you basically, from what I see, Av, you you signed Dante DiVincenzo and got and you shipped Obi Toppin out of town. So how do you feel about that? And then we'll wait till Dom gets up and get his thoughts. But what what are your thoughts on pretty much those moves that I could think of? Well, um, the, let, let's start off with the first thing that was announced. That was the LB Toppin trade. He was traded to the Indiana Pacers for two second-round picks. Now, obviously, um, 
I know a lot of people got a little upset about that. I was a little bit hurt by it because, you know, Ovi is our, you know, our draft pick. He was the eighth overall pick, and he did show some glimpses of, 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 of potential, you know, in his four years. But we've talked about this on this platform and just about anywhere else where you can, you, you, you know, you can talk about this. Ovi Toppin was only going to get, get you but this far, it, you know, given the minutes he was playing and given the player that he's playing behind. And given you know the schematic that you know, the, the Tom Thibodeau wants to run, I know that a lot of people are are, are are talking about you know fire Tibbs, change everything, trade Randall, all that stuff. That's you know that's well and good. You can talk about that all you want. It's not going to happen. But the reality is is that that's the that's the system that's in place. You know the offense runs now through you know through Julius Randall and through Jalen Brunson. Obi Toppin has to kind of fit in with with, with the minutes he was given. And, you know, he did okay. But the only thing that I really just didn't like about the whole situation is what the Knicks got for him. Two second-round picks? I mean, I think, he, I think he would at least be a late first-rounder at, at best. And, um, you know, maybe you, could, you can turn that into something later on down the, down the road. But completely understand it needed to, be, it needed to happen. Um, Obi wasn't going to get, you know, that – you know, he wasn't going to get that, you know, that playing time and that commitment going forward. And he probably wasn't going to get that extension that he wanted. Let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you the question, because I thought about this, and I was going to bring it up tonight. The draft picks. And I think if I know Nick fans, like you know Nick fans, they're thinking first rounder. I don't know if they would, be, they would have able to make that deal without – putting that first round on the table. I'm talking about through Indiana. What are your thoughts on that? You are you content with what we got back for him? If you're not con- you you know I'm not content with what we got. However, I'm not mad I'm not completely mad at it. I mean, we got something. It's not a lot, but it's something. So, you know, at the same time, you know, beggars can't be choosers and you needed to kind of alleviate that problem because we saw how OB and, and, and Tibbs were getting along and, and how he was getting along with other teammates and stuff like that. And, you know, OB was entering the contract year. So it would just make sense to move him, to let him be Indiana's problem going forward, and then the Knicks can use those draft picks at their leisure, whatever they want to do, whether they're – they're waiting for like a Joel Embiid trade to happen or a Towns or whoever the fuck they're, you know, they're thinking about. It doesn't matter. Now, on that flip side, because we're going to have to move we just segue from, because it happened all the same day. You moved OB Toppin, a 6'9 power forward, eighth overall pick. And you signed Dante DiVincenzo from, I believe he was playing with the Warriors last. And, you know, he's a Villanova alum, national champion, high school champion, won on every level he's been former teammates with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson, so you have that Villanova connection. And a guy who can be a streaky as hell three-point shooter, he's, he's an above-average three-point shooter, which is, which is you, you compare apples to oranges, you compare him to Obi Toppin, you'd rather have Dante DiVincenzo, you know, in terms of his shooting ability, because you know, how, how often do we talk at, during games that Obi is chucking threes and bricking them or just getting complete air balls? So you got a guy who's a little bit more of a sniper, who can defend as well. 
He's a little undersized. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sneeze at that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. He's a little undersized in comparison to Top and obviously Top and six nine, the thing that potential is like six two, six three. And you know, you're getting another guard and now you're thinking to yourself, wait, we have another guard. Where are you playing? You already got Miles McBride, you always you already got um Quentin Grimes, you already got um um Emmanuel quickly. You got a couple of other guys already, you know, you know, you, you know that are that, that kind of fit that same mold and can do more or less the same things. He just does it at a higher clip, at at, at, a, at a much different, um, different perspective. And the fact of the familiarity with with Jalen Brunson and with Josh Hart, considering that Josh Hart opted in into his, into his final year, it just only makes makes things easier for the next going forward. Yeah, let me uh, let's get Dom on because I know he's been we've been trying to get him on. Dom, what's up? Welcome back, Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum. Uh, as we played the uh, highlights for Dante DiVincenzo, uh, I, I got to come back to you about you know was it you know the first rounder you know for Obi Toppin. I I think it is what it is with you know what we got back from him. But Dom, what's up, man? How you doing? Good evening, Jess. What's up, Dom? Can, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. How you doing? How you feeling about the OB um, trade and Dante signing? Well, the OB trade is a little bizarre to me, the way people are acting, of course. But uh, that being said, you would think we traded Patrick Ewing again. Come on. on. It was time to move on for, for both parties. I mean, if you're not happy, what? again, guys, what's the likelihood of you getting 28, 30 minutes playing around. Say what you want about him. Like him, hate him. Two-time All-Star, All-NBA second team, blah, 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 blah. Your your chances of playing were slim to set. And then when you did get on the court, you were slim to set. He's got too many things to work on. Getting back on defense. Hitting the boys. Learning how to dribble. I mean, it, we can say what we wanted so many years in the league. But remember, guys, if I'm not mistaken, he did four years in college. So he should have been a little more prepared, you know. But that being said, it's a rearview error. It's a rearview mirror issue for me. I know what people will say because I brought it up. Check the numbers. Vincenzo actually averaged more rebounds than him at five inches smaller, but he played more minutes. Okay, all right. But at least it shows me <laughs> Vincenzo is not afraid to hit the boards. If he's averaging more than a six-nine power forward, I don't give a shit if he's playing 12 minutes. That's a, that's a tall order for a guy his size compared to a guy topping size. But, again, guys, I'm happy. You know, we moved in another direction. And I always say this, man. The front office may not do what you want them to do, because I'm to the point now where i got to start putting a little faith. They may not do what you, me, half of Twitter wants them to do, but they haven't done nothing to hurt us, guys. We, we have to at least – say that part. If you're looking for the mega star and the, the, the big home run, then okay. You know, hang your hat on that. I appreciate the moves we made, the direction we're going, and what we've done the last two out of three years. So, am I expecting a championship? No. But I'm not expecting 65 losses like we had two times prior to this regime. So, I, I, look at, I, I try to look at the glasses being half full, fellas. So that's how that's how I feel. You know, I'm not looking for the stars, the moon, and the, this kid's a good ball player, guys. Come on, 
So you 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 gave up. Here's the funny thing, and I'll let the Obi thing go. Oh, you settled for two second rounds. Do you think if somebody was offering something better than two second round picks, we wouldn't well, have entertained that thought? Well, well, let me let me quickly ask you, Dom. Like, do you think that was just a fair exchange? I mean, I would assume the Knicks fan would have been irate. I didn't. I was off social media, so I don't have a clue. But knowing the Knicks fan, like I would know, like how you know them on social media or, or offline. They probably are disgusted that they did not get a first-round draft pick. I don't think it's all that bad, knowing that, you know, you could get what you can get for them, knowing that Randall's kind of in that minutes usage seat. Um, and Toppin is just – what we've seen out of Toppin is just not – he, you know, it's more of a development issue with the Knicks. That's probably the bigger issue. But what, what, how do we like to add to that, Don? Again, I just, I just said it, Steve, if – if somebody came to you, Steve, and said, hey, we're willing to give you a, a late first-round pick, we're willing to give you Nickabaka uh, Ave and a second-round pick, then, then you, I'm assuming you entertain those thoughts. But if all you're getting is two second-round draft picks, and guess what, guys? They're, they're trying to get Siakam. They're in the hunt trying to get Siakam, so that lets you know they're still not satisfied with the power forward they got. But, again, they didn't give up much. They gave up two second-round picks. So if they go get Siakam and Obi's moved back to the bench, they still won. They got a good role player for two second-round picks, and they got Siakam. So I hate to say it because they're in our own division. Indiana won. They, they win that deal. But don't tell me that we settled for two second-round picks. No, that had to be the best offer, guys. Whether you hate Leon Rose or not, nobody's going to convince me that Steve Azul offered him two first-round picks, and he said, no, I want two second-round picks. Nobody's going to convince me of that. No matter how much you hate this guy, you're not going to convince me of that. He took what he could get. Everybody gets to move on. Obi gets a fresh new start. We get DiVincenzo, and... Let's move on, guys. Come on. We traded this guy how many days ago? There's people still on social media bugging. Like we eat. You know, I know I'm old. I know I'm old, Steve. But I'm not that (laughs) good off my lawn type guy. This is the first time we're talking about it. This is our first episode since the break. So that's why I'm picking it up. Right. But but you know what? But it's becoming the, the, the reoccurring trend and the narrative that's being portrayed on social media when. When a uh, a young player on the Knicks that you know that has a following and, and and say what you want to say you know they did the same thing with Cam Reddish they did the same thing with Neil Aquino they did the same thing with every you know, just about every draft pick that we've ever had or you know or or young guy guys are always constantly talking about oh we need um you know we need to sign our our young guys we need to you know but then but, but then you have to think about it. Aren't we saying the same exact thing about signing Emmanuel quickly next year? We're saying the same exact thing. And and, and if you listen to the, you know, to the talking heads on Twitter and Spaces, this dude is a, supposedly like an $18, $19 million a year guy. Where is this money going to come from? If you're already paying Julius Randle 21, you're paying um, um, Jalen Brunson over 20, you're paying R.J. Barrett over 20, and now, and, and now you're paying DiVincenzo 11.8, give or take, where is this other $20 million going to magically appear? Yes, I know. You're, 
you would, you would figure you would be losing Evan Fournier. You already lost Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose just, you know, gladly um, has found a, a new home, and, you know, he's, you know, we wish him well wherever he goes. But it's a, it, where is this money going to come from, and how are you going to be able to do that if you're still hoping for the big superstar? Remember when the CBA you know, kicks in next year, and you have to match dollar for dollar in every single trade. So say, for instance, and let's just play the hypotheticals. If you are talking about probably trading for a James Harden, a Paul George, or, or a, um, you know, wishful thinking, a Joel Embiid, and you have to match that salary, where are you going to be able to do that? And then it won't be just, you know, lopsided on, on, on one end. You have to figure it in on, on both sides. So instead of, you know, in, in this case, the Sixers would not only lose Joel Embiid, they have to give up another piece to make the money work. Now, given they'll probably do it, depending on what they get in return, especially if they get a, a, you know, a, a, a crap load of draft picks. But now the team gets more complicated because it's not – it will be virtually like the Carmelo Anthony trade where he traded about, you know, four young guys and got five back in return. Yeah, um, we got Coach Chris with us, so I want to quickly chime in before we go on to Coach Chris and give his thoughts on defense. So listen, you don't, you're not going to have an argument for me. I accept the uh, pretty much the exchange, even though Obi went to Indiana and we signed Divincenzo. Coach Don knows where I'm going to go with this, and Coach Chris knows this too. I mean, we watched the hoops. I mean, this guy's a winner, you know. Played with Villanova, it, it makes sense. Played for, with former college teammates. Um, he was an, uh, an above-average three-point shooter this year. He's sneaky with the rebounds. He's, he moves without the ball. He's a, a bit, definitely a decent defender. I'm not worried about his size, per se, because in this league, is, guards make shots. He's going to be able to make shots out there in that second unit. Or he might start, depending on who you talk to. And that could be a conversation as well. Uh, Ava, let's bring on Coach Chris to get his thoughts on that, man. And then, uh, Coach Chris, welcome to, the, welcome to the fan forum. How you doing? And you can check the link. Well, uh, you can watch this guys if you want to join the video and watch the D. Vincenzo highlights with us. So go ahead, Coach Chris. What's up? Yeah, I, I just I just need the uh, the code, the meeting code. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know why do. I did that. Right. So yeah, well, how you feeling? How you feeling, bro? I'm okay. How are you guys? Doing okay. So how you feeling about the about the Ovi trade and the signing of Dante D. Vincenzo? So I'm going to be honest, I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of the trade. And I'll tell you why. is It fills a need. It, it leaves a void for us. You know, Randall is, is our starting power forward. This is a guy that we put a lot of our trust in. But it's also a situation that we – it's a position that we need very most, right? Like this whole Randall ankle situation in the playoffs, we saw how bad it was. And it, it – I wish Obi would have played better because then, you know, we probably would have kept him, but he couldn't make a damn shot for about two games. And that's what was most upsetting. And then we all heard the audio that came out with him getting upset. I don't know who the hell was recording this or why they thought that was a good idea to, to kind of hear him uh, yelling at, at the coach. But um, I think all of that played a part in this whole trade. But now, now my question is, you know, who do we bring in? Is it going to be Jericho Sims to step in and start playing the power forward position? Which, I mean, I'm a fan of Jericho Sims, but I don't think he's as polished as, as Obi is offensively. Uh, I think he's a great 
great, a better defender, um, just as athletic, if not more. But I, I just I don't know what step we're going to take. DiVincenzo is great. Yeah, cool. I like him. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it, but I think it's just a redundancy of these players, these wing players that are all around 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, that now we have about five or six of these guys, and who the hell is going to play now? I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to make that decision because, you know, you're looking at guys on the roster. It, of course, it's going to depend on the game, you know, who's playing best at that, at that time. But I feel like we got rid of a power forward to grab another player that plays a position that we don't necessarily need to fill. So that's where my, my, uh, my frustration was coming from with this whole situation. I feel you on that, Coach Chris, and trust me, I'm 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 a little concerned with the fact that we now do have a void, as you just mentioned. However, do you not feel like any kind any kind of comfort or any kind of like trust within you know within our organization right now that they can still find a power forward to you know because I mean we're still in July and. You know, free agency started what a couple of like, like two weeks ago, and, and 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 there's still a lot of names out there, and there's still a lot of trades to be made, considering that you know the Knicks have you know some exceptions. They still have some, uh, um, you know, so, some some addition some additional moves that you know, they can make, and they can quite possibly go out there and get themselves a service from power forward, or they can do like you said, and they can go the Jericho Sims route. Um, you might even see, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein play a little bit more of backup power forward every now and then, um, depending on the situation. But the reality is, is that don't you think that the, that the front office is, is aware of that and they're gonna they're going to address it, you know, b- between now and October? I do think they're aware, and I, I'm hoping that they do have a plan in place. You know, my thing is, who is going to fill and where are they looking to fill that void? Um, are we going to use Fournier and, and maybe one or two of those draft picks in order to pick up somebody who's, you know, struggling with their team or unhappy with their situation? Are we looking for a guy to replace Randall or are we guy looking for a guy to back up Randall? I mean, that, that's just kind of – I'm pretty sure they have a plan in place, right? Like, this is their job. This is what they get paid handsomely to do. So I feel like they have something in mind. But we all know how trades work. It's not always – you got to have a plan A, plan B, and a plan C. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there are still a lot of free agents out there. They're not, you know, big notable guys out there, but, you know, they still have – there's still some guys out there that they can definitely go after. I mean, I know that – I know this is, a, this is a reach, but Christian Wood is is, is available. He still hasn't um, signed mm-hmm. as far as I'm, I'm told. Um, I just see that. They can – they can easily um, get on the OG deal. They can, uh, I think that's a little bit too much. Um, I mean, they can even go for a Terrence Ross, which is, you know, or a Jamichael McGreen, who, who I actually did hear some some rumblings about that the Knicks were actually looking at him um, and, and having conversations about bringing him in. Um, another serviceable, you know, big man that you know that, that can that can spell um, Randall for about ten to twelve minutes a night, maybe in fifteen. Maybe you start to you, you know to, to pull back some of Randall's minutes and let um, a guy like Green, you know, do the you know do the, the, the scoring that you're still missing from Mitchell Robinson. Even though we're seeing all kinds of videos, we're seeing all kinds of workouts, we're seeing all kinds of you know the same old same old 
you, you know, off-season uh, hype, and we're still waiting for the real Mitchell Robinson to come up. So, Steve, what do you think of that? Well, that day is never going to come. You already know that about Mitch, right? It's good to see you, Coach Chris. Uh, as you can see, we've got the uh, highlights for uh, DiVincenzo of his uh, past season with the Warriors uh, shared right here on the Nickelback Avenue Fan Forum. And, and, and before I get to Randall and, and everybody else, let me focus on DiVincenzo. Just look at what we're seeing while, while we're having this discussion, right? I mean, the guy does a great job moving without the ball. He does that automatically better than Obi Toppin. Matter of fact, that's something Obi Toppin should have been doing, moving without the rock. Absolutely. Look how he catches the ball, coming off curls, the squares, shooting up, ready to shoot the ball, always in position. Um, I mean, this is something that, as you already know, Coach Chris and Dom, how he was coached up from Jay Wright in his days in Villanova. You see him uh, at, the, uh, at the top of the key with Jordan Poole, got excellent range. I mean, the offense, you already know that, He's worked on that shot since Villanova. He was always a decent shooter at Villanova. And we can't ignore the fact, you guys already brought it up, you know, the national champions, but also with his time with Milwaukee. I mean, he's part of somewhat winning culture with some teams that had some success in the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors, or, or that core, you know what I'm saying? So he's been in those locker rooms with the Giannis Antetokounmpo's, the Chris Middletons, um, Steph Curry, of course, and Draymond, Clay, those things. And, you know, he already brings the college resume already to the table. And, you know, I'm all for moves like this. Obi Top has never won in college, right? He's, you know, he's, you know, he's a, a, a highlight reel at Dayton, but he doesn't do the dirty work that um, we want him to – he should be at his height in his athleticism. I mean, you're – I'm not saying anything you guys already don't know. It's the fact that Ab and Coach Chris and Dom, you can see the video. Like, look at the range, the, the, the decision-making, the poise, just making the right basketball. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? Three, four feet behind the line. No hesitation. And always moving up without the ball. It's, it's, it's almost like old-school basketball. A lot of the guys in the league don't do what he's doing right now, unreadily, right? Right. And see, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, this situation actually works out for everyone in, in, in this case because if you because if you look at it as a trade, you got DiVincenzo for Obi Toppin in, 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 in a kind of a you know in and out kind of situation. First of all, DiVincenzo is already going to, and I'm sure Dominic can verify this. He says this a bunch of times. The fourth best offense in the NBA last year in the New York Knicks, and then you look at Obi Toppin. He's going to go play at a young with a young team at a young point guard in Tyrese Halliburton, and he's going to, he's going to get some minutes unless they do get the Siakam um, um, deal done, and then he's back to being a backup. But either way, he you know both teams you, you know both situations have gotten better in, in this situation. Obi's getting more play time, you, you know, playing for a young team, playing for a different coach and a different point guard. While the Knicks, they're adding another uh, another winning piece you know, to the puzzle and making things work for them. So I, I don't see why so many, so many Knicks fans are just that upset. I mean, I get it that they, you know, they, they, they you know, they're constantly, you know, holding, holding onto their, their homegrown talent, but 
at the end of the day, you know, I'm a firm believer. It's not about homegrown talent. It's about who wins, you know, how do we win the title and how do we get there? And if you're worried about those little, those little logistical points, like, oh, we want to do it with homegrown talent and build a team and build that, it's just like, I'm sorry, then, you know, you missed me with that one. What do you think, Dom? So, to, to Coach Chris's point, we're, we're, we're not looking for Xavier McDaniel. We're looking for Obi Toppin, five, uh, 15 minutes, 7.2 rebounds. We, we can find that. I, I don't want to sound so coy, but I think we can find that anyway, to, to be, you know, quite honest. We're, we're not Amen. looking, and again, we, we, can't, we can't say if Julius Randle's ankle, like you said Ab, a couple of seconds ago, it, it's, it's July. We got a lot of time. We got a lot of leeway. But, again, we're not looking for – you know, a, a starter. We're looking for a guy that's going to be going to be able to plug 13, 15 minutes out of. Hopefully, can dribble. Hopefully, can rebound. Hopefully, don't break out on every missed opportunity, and just become a backup power forward. I mean, again, whoever it is, got to come in with the with the understanding that I'm not getting 30 minutes. Julius Randle is Julius Randle. Like them, love them, hate them, whatever you want. So, and again, you brought it up. Uh, the Knicks' offensive improvement. The Knicks have, haven't had an offensive improvement the way they did this year since the Civil War. So for those that say we don't do this right, we don't do that right, Thibodeau can't do this right, we have never in the history of Knickism had that great of an offensive efficiency. And, again, guys, I'm going to tell you, man, research is free. Their, their biggest thing behind this was their offensive rebounding between Randall, Hartenstein, Mitch. The more opportunities they got, they capitalized off of them, guys. And we had let, – let's, let's just keep it a buck. We keep talking about if we get this guy. You know, it's going on year five. All right, no more of this. We're, we're going to keep saying R.J. Barrett's 21, 22, 23, 24. We're going to say he's 30 soon. What are we waiting on? Come on, bro. You got to show up. You are going to be the highest paid Nick. You've got to show up from the door. You can't have a, a five-month shooting 32% and then have a great three months and have a couple of good games in the playoffs and the, and the Nick junkies and the RJ junkies go crazy. No, bro, you're a $30 million man. You know, you're going to sit here and talk about Obi Toppin being a lottery pick. You was a third pick. We don't need you to be shooting 34, 35%. We don't need you to be shooting 30% in the beginning of the season. That could be our missing piece, guys. We keep looking for something outside of our own players. This guy has to show up. No more Steve is 45, uh, Dominic's 86. Enough of this. He's a professional basketball player, and he's going to be the highest paid next. You know that, because you kept bringing up that poison pill. Well, guess what? The poison pill could be moved after June 15th. And we're way beyond June 15th. So it's time for him to put up, guys. But as far as the backup power forward, I've hit it on the head. It's July what, 12th? Come on. I, I just read something. I really didn't read it. I saw the alert. That the Knicks are looking to move Fournier. I didn't read the whole article. 
Maybe that's going to be our backup, or maybe that'll free up money for us to go a get problem. a decent backup. Dom, he's I'm a not going to get too Fournier's contract is there to match money. That's why they're holding on to him this long. So, I mean, that, that's that's besides the point. I know we got – I think Bully's on with us. I don't want to make sure we get him on. But, uh, yeah, Dom, I had a question. I just lost my thought. I, mean, I was bringing up contracts. Um, I mean, look, I mean, you can see the highlights. I mean, the guys moving went off the ball. I mean, these are little basketball plays that we almost forget about in 2023, especially in the pro game. Yeah, fundamentals. Something, Steve, something have, the great coach Chris would be proud of. But, but have we forgot something, Steve? He has been a member, though he got hurt once. He was a member of the Bucks when they won the chip and Golden I, State I just, when they I, won the chip. I just mentioned that like five minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, it ain't like we're getting some, you know, yeah. 86 round pick. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's proven himself. So, hey, I'm, I'm good with it. Am, am, am I, are y'all not seeing what I'm seeing? You see the cuts? The I'm seeing exactly like what it. you're seeing. And, 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 and you know what? I wish that, you, you, you know, that more of our stakeholders and listeners can see the same thing we're seeing. We're, you know, we're seeing the Dante DiVincenzo's um, season highlights from last season, and he's doing all the, the right things. And it's not just, like, in the regular season. It's in the playoffs. It's in, you know, crucial moments. Let me pause that. You saw that pass? Let me, let me back that up. You saw that? Look at this. Is, is Obi, I saw that. Is Obi, Toppin make, is Obi Toppin making this pass right here? Right here. No. No. Woo! No. Obi Toppin ain't catching that pass. Obi Toppin's receiving that pass. He might be receiving it, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, that's why we – And it we will be Isaiah. And, and, and what's sad – you know what's sad? You know what's really sad about that, uh, about, about that play? Is that Obi Toppin will be the one receiving that pass, and it will be Isaiah Hartenstein that will be sending it to him. <laughs> We got about twelve minutes. Let's bring on Bully and get his thought. I think that's Bully, man. Let's bring it. Let's bring him on. Hey, Bully, what's up, man? How you doing? Nickelback Avenue Fan Forum. How's everything, man? You know, man, I was just um, enjoying the conversation, man. You guys made some really good points, man. I don't. I mean, you guys are on fire tonight, man. I thought I was gonna walk in. You guys just hanging out, but you guys are on fire. But um. Yeah, I agree with, with everything, especially with Dom, because Dom always comes with his facts. And, like, the way I looked at it is you're replacing OB with Josh Hart. Like, what are you losing? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, what are you really losing by putting in Josh Hart? If anything, you're gaining because he's, he's a better shooter, puts a ball on the floor, a better defender, better rebounder. And as far as OB in Indiana, I mean, everyone says, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, they're just going to run, they're going to run. You're not going to run every single play. And in the half-court sets in Indiana, Obi's the fourth option right now. So, I mean, how much of an upgrade is it really? I mean, yeah, if that, especially they just drafted that kid, the the forward. So, what's Obi looking at really? Like, you know, 20 minutes, you know? Because I'm sure they're going to want to get their first-round draft pick, you know, some minutes. So, I don't see what the hoopla is about. DiVincenzo, he's a better defender, um, on-ball defender than IQ. He's a better passer. He has pretty much the same assist percentage as quickly. So, I mean, I, I don't – we upgraded. Like, we're a better team now than when we ended the season. So, I, I, I'm i with you guys. I don't see what the, the hoopla is about. 
You know what? It, 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 it goes back into that old narrative of, you, you know, you, you're never going to please the Knicks fan or, or the cynical Knicks fan, and, and you're constantly going to get, you know, the, the fire Tiz, fire Leon Rose, you, you know, play the kids, you know, nonsense. And um, I don't really, you know, subscribe to that, Coach Chris. You can, you, you can verify that for me. It's like we're not about just playing anyone. We're about winning the title or competing for the title. And you're not going to do that if you're just constantly, you know, hoping that the development of, of certain players at year four and year five gets there. Come on, we had Obi Toppin for four years. He had four years to figure it out. Four years in Dayton, four years with the New York Knicks. What has he done? Yes, he's had some good games here and there where Randall didn't play. When he was able to start, he, he filled in beautifully. Yes, he did. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know take that away from him. But at the same time, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me that you're gonna start playing Obi Toppin over Julius Randall, who's a two time All Star, who's averaging twenty three seven and five on in his sleep with a bad ankle. So then and and the guy doesn't usually miss many games. So unless Obi was willing to you know to you know to play the minutes that he's being played and then expect to be paid, you know, accordingly, because no, he's gonna be wanting a twenty million dollar a year deal. Something something along those lines. Let Indiana figure out how to pay him. No the Knicks shouldn't have to fucking worry about that. Yeah. No. If you um Fred Katz, he had an article where he polled um I think it was like twenty GMs around the league and they all said the same thing. He's as of right now he's a mid level exception player. And and that's the thing, he's not a bad player. Like he he's not he's not bad. But like when you call Obi like a decent player, people get offended at that and it's like that's what he's shown. He's a mid level exception player. There's it's no knock but he's just not, you know, worthy of a number eight pick. He's not a bust. He's a good player, and he, he has showed that he can contribute in, in some tough moments because there were some times where we did need his minutes, especially in the playoffs. So he, he's a he's a solid player, so just not what we really need. Can, Amen. I, can I say one thing? Can we, can we sure. kill the narrative about the kids? Because if we're not playing the kids, then how are these cray crazy on Twitter saying, Emmanuel quickly deserves twenty million a year. Help me understand this. Talk to me like I'm new at this. If if we're not playing the kids, then he ain't worth twenty million a year. I don't think he's worth twenty million a year to begin with. You you can't have it both ways. You can't say we're not playing the kids and we got what Grimes, who again, Steve, we're trying to figure out why can't he shoot when he's by himself, but he can shoot when somebody's in his face. But he's playing. He's at least playing and contributing. So this we're not playing the kids, or is it we're not playing your kids? I don't I don't get that. We we've got some good production out of Grimes quickly, and even on occasions, Deuce McBride, he's filled in pretty admirably when we didn't have nobody to go to. Hell of a defensive player. But you know, again, we'll keep saying uh, R.J. Barrett's only twenty three. You know, but. Here we are. Five years later, we're still saying the same damn thing. But Deuce McBride goes out there, puts his head down, puts his boots on, and he's playing ball like he wants a job. So think about that, guy. He's going to be our highest-paid player. So don't sit here and get mad when somebody brings up Julius Randle averages 20, 25, 10, and 5, 
and you get pissed off when somebody brings up numbers, you you can't deny it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? I, Say, okay, Steve, you're really not doing this. These are smoke and mirror numbers. No, they're real numbers. They're real numbers that got Obi Toppin playing in Indiana. Good luck. God bless him, man. We got to put this shit to bed with this Obi thing. He's not Patrick oh, Ewing. He's not Wall Crazy. Not you guys. Before the, you know what I'm before the, bully, No, we just had to talk about, about. We've been on. Yeah, I know, but Bully Bully knows Bully knows what I'm talking about. It's enough. Let it go. Well, you, just let it go, man. You actually you forgot one. He'll be Dom. fine. You actually you you forgot one that you you forgot a narrative, Dom. Remember, all for the first two years it was start IQ, start IQ. IQ should be starting over Peyton. He should be starting over Rose. Starting, starting, starting over Burke. And then now the narrative is he he's not a starter. Don't pay him twenty. You know, then first it was play the kids, play the kids. Now it's trade the kids, trade the kids. So I, I don't get wrapped up in that that that, that nonsense no. on social media, man. No. The guys, it's disingenuous. It's they're disingenuous takes. They're not like coming from a place of sincerity. People just you know want to be polarizing. Like a hot take should not be your your normal take. Like everyone has a hot take, but every take should not be a hot take. It that doesn't make any sense. It's hot because it's the summer. It's all, it's ninety something degrees here in New York City. That's the only reason why it's hot. <laughs> that humidity I mean, will make I, it a hot take. Uh, I, 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 mean, I guess it, I mean the way I look at it, just the roster, what we know of these players. I mean, I I, I cannot say how this is a downgrade. Basically, based off those two moves, the trade, and the signing, right. I don't see how it got worse. You know, um, based on maybe how I because. Maybe because um, they were hoping that we we, we would have uh, traded Fournier already, but like you said, he's he's he, he's a salary dump, and he's there to match salary, and he makes eighteen million a year. So when you trade that and, and include that in in a trade for you know for a big name superstar who's probably making about thirty to forty million a year, then you know that kind of helps out for you know for right now. And you know you have between now and February to make that you know to make that deal you know whenever that happens. So I don't know you know what exactly you know the Knicks fans are expecting. I guess maybe because they had a boring draft night and and, and they had nothing really to discuss other than you know when Banyana you know you know going first as, as scheduled and some guys you know who fell and I mean but the reality is is that um, the Knicks got better. They still have holes, but I feel like they got better. Their offense is now uh, is now more efficient. Coach Chris, your, your thoughts? No, I do think the offense is more efficient. Like I said before, there was about two two games, three games in the, in the playoffs. Obi couldn't make a shot, man, and it looked bad. It wasn't he wasn't hitting any of his threes. I don't know why he was shooting so many damn threes. Uh, but it was looking terrible. Do I think the offense will look better? Yes. I think there's going to be more ball movement. I think we'll be able to spread a little bit more. Kind of like how Toronto was running a, a few years ago with their small ball version. I think we'll be able to kind of emulate something similar to that. Um, but I, I also I also don't want to wait until the last minute to just kind of see who's left and then try to pick up from there. 
I mean, if you, you remember a few years ago when we signed Marcus Morris and Bobby Portis and I forgot who else it was, but there was a bunch of guys that all kind of played the same positions. And we were all saying, well, how is this going to work out? You know, you're paying all these guys. And we used them all as trade bait. Marcus Morris got traded. Bobby Portis got traded. It was all to kind of build up for this, to, to these moments we're in now. And that's what I want to see. I want to see just kind of get something done. And, and I don't want to be like last minute, okay, Christian Wood was left. There's a reason why Christian Wood was left. You know, I, I do think um, Jermichael Green would be a good addition. I think, you know, what he brings to the table would be kind of similar to what we need. I mean, he, he's a good shooter. He's a smart player. He's a, um, a good passer. He comes from a lot of winning organizations. I would like to see something like that, someone like that to be an addition to the team. But I don't want to wait to the last minute and say, all right, let's see who's, who's left and who we can get for a veteran's minimum to try to fill that roster spot. Yeah, we do need somebody that's going to play 15 minutes, but I would like it to be somebody who's going to give us an efficient 15 minutes and not just show up and collect a check. You know, I, I, for that, get me out there. I'll grab a couple of rebounds and throw myself <laughs> on the ground, die for the ball, you know, if, if you just need 15 minutes. So I want to see them kind of just prove that they, that they have a plan in place and this is what we're going to start moving towards. Absolutely. And, and, and there's not really much we can, you know, we can – really asked for because so far as Dom Dom would say this a lot and it resonates even more today more than ever we have yet to be fleeced in any deal we have yet to be, we have yet to be fleeced and what I mean by that is that we haven't given up the farm for one guy you know and, 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 and ended up fucking selling us back another five six years so far, the Knicks are still progressing, and and they're still doing some things that can, you know, that can eventually become, you know, the components to you know to a winning basketball franchise, you know, and, and they can be sustained for you know for a number of years. Um, this is exactly what you, what people were saying when Phil Jackson was here, and then we got when he got relieved. Um, oh, he he gave us a nice team. Oh no no, he he just got the end of the reset button. I mean, it's exactly what you what we've been wanting for. We wanted a competitive effort from our front office and from our players. So far, we're getting that in twofold. You know, um, twofold. So I don't know what more um, the fan base can really ask for, other than you know, if we just land the big name out there. Every everybody seems to have forgotten. I don't know why. I guess it's because we live in this here and now moment. But it's like everybody seems to have forgotten the nine years prior to this beginning when we lost 365 games, when we had the worst winning percentage in the NBA, when we lost 65 games twice. Everybody seems to have forgotten that. But you wanted to go from that to what, a championship? We, we, don't, we don't accept baby steps no more. We don't accept improvement after what we went through for nine we're, we're years. Now, you really going to catch feelings? Really? We're bougie now. Come on. We're bougie now, dog. I guess, I, I guess but, so. Uh, we must be bougie now. Hey, no, you know I, what's I can't even say that, guys. I think it's all about uh, Ab said this. So Ab's going to die on that sword. God bless you. You know, me and you, Ab, we served in the military. I ain't, and bully, I ain't dying on no more swords, guys. I'm going to have my take, and I'm going to let it go. I'm not saying it's the best take, but I'll tell you what. I'm not one of those get-off-my-lawn kind of guys. When I say something, just research it. 
Think of what we went through the nine years before Leon Rose and Thibodeau. I don't care if you hate them. I don't care if you got a dartboard with their face in your garage. If you forgot what we went through the nine years before we have them, God bless you. Either that or you weren't a Knicks fan nine years before that. I don't know. But check the numbers, guys. We was like one of the worst. The Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves had a higher winning percentage than us. Yeah, we're good, Dom. Let's transition. Let's get the rest of the league. <laughs> yeah, That's a lot of shit. The rest of the league. Go, go ahead. Ab, go ahead and lead the discussion. We'll get the link up for everybody for the second half. Go ahead, Ab. I, I'm afraid to because I don't think I, – I, I, you know what? This is um, absolutely true. We will never be ending this this Nick talk until the Knicks make, um, you know, uh, that big blockbuster deal that, you know, that, that has that has them jumping from, you know, middle of the row to, you know, possible championship contender. Um, until that happens, you know, we're going to still have debate. And I, and I believe that even the, the talking heads on Twitter and, and, and now on threads, it's going it, to, it, it's going to be um, just a, a, a continuation of that. So, if you want to participate, God bless you. If, if, if you if you want to just take our word for it, you know, so far we haven't been wrong since. This team did get better, and it can only get better from here on out. And the reason why we're still holding on to Evan Fournier is because of, because of what, what Steve just said. Sadly, don't. But let's transition now. We went from the new – we're getting out of the Big Apple, and we're looking all across the, the rest of the NBA. The NBA is at a – you know, is – just you know, the summer league is 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 through. The free agency um, opening week is through. Um, a lot of deals have happened. Kyrie Irving found a, uh, found his new home in Dallas. You know, with a new hundred twenty million dollar deal. James Harden and Damian Lillard both requesting trades out of their respective teams. Um, and right now, that seems to be like a long and dreadful process for whoever is you know holding their breath for it. And you know. Something that wasn't mentioned before, you know, the Knicks turned down a deal to get Paul George to the to New York um, because he wanted a contract extension. So, so, so it seems like you have a lot of big names, somewhat big names, out there in the market now available for trades, and there isn't a lot of movement. Steve, why do you think that is? Um, I would have touched. Paul George at all. You know what I'm saying? So it, it seemed like just yesterday they, they did some sort of tampering for him to get out of his situation so him and Kawhi Leonard can link up. It felt like that was just yesterday. And now the, I, I would be very, very surprised if that would even have been the case. I, Paul George is not a Nick. No, hell no. He's not. He, he's injury prone. He's soft. And, uh, talented. But that ship is sailed, man. We, that's the old Knicks back of 20 years ago. They would have went for a player like this. Paul, Paul George has not shown the ability in the competitive environment with the uh, Clippers to put it together altogether. You mentioned James Harden. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, he's getting up there in age as well. Um, Damian Lillard up there in age, but he's talented. He's a shot maker. Um, I don't know their market as far as, you know, who is available or what, letting it to die down. I mean, and then you said Kyrie Irving. I'm not too surprised about that. And I think it makes sense for Kyrie Irving to be in Dallas. 
we all know about the vaccine situation with him in, in Brooklyn and not playing. I mean, you couldn't find a better fit there in Florida for him to play. So he found a home with Luka. Now they got to find a way to put it all together because they had an epic collapse, the Mavericks. Uh, did you say anybody else, Ab? Because I, I just want to repeat all the players you had mentioned. Paul George, no thank you. James Harden um, is going to be a little bit harder than it would be for Dame Lillard. And then, as like you say, Kyrie Irving. Good contract. That's a good deal for Kyrie Irving more than anything. Not necessarily the Mavericks, but definitely for Kyrie because of all the stuff he's went through, uh, the, the world versus Kyrie, when he was as, as a net during the COVID years. Yeah, um, I'm, 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 I have to agree with that. Um, and the, the biggest reason why I feel the, the, the Dane Lillard um, deal has, um, has, hasn't really gone anywhere is because he's he limited to just one team. He wants to go to the Miami Heat. Which is understandable. I mean, you, 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 but but at the same time, um, what does the Miami Heat have in terms of a package to offer Portland, and who can they or who can they engage to be the third or fourth or maybe even fifth team to make that move possible, so that Portland can say, all right, we're we're comfortable trading our you know our franchise player for the last ten or eleven years, um, and you know we're okay if he goes to Miami. So far, I haven't seen a, you know, any indication that this this situation is going to happen. I don't. I just. I honestly feel in my in my gut, if Damian Lillard is traded, it's not to the Miami Heat. I don't see anybody who's going to be willing to work with the Miami Heat to offer Portland the best of possible, um, you know, deal out there to for them to get Damian Lillard. This is gonna. This is probably gonna last all the way to you know all the way to the trade deadline and even and even into next season. I I just don't see Lillard going to Miami under any circumstance. Dom, what do you think? I'm I'm with Steve. I mean, the the, the names that we heard, not no hell no. Especially you look at uh, you look at Prince George County. That guy ain't played more than 55 games in like five years. No, nah, no. Nah. James Harden, no. Nah, he would he would set us back. Uh, God bless Damian Lillard, but you know what? I'm tired of hearing, you know, he was a loyal soldier. He was a loyal soldier that collected $400-something million from Portland. And you're limiting yourself. Well, you're limiting that organization to what they can possibly do because you only want – Steve Azul. Well, you know what? God bless you. I hope it works out for you. But Portland, like you hear a million times, Portland got to be, what do I get? What do I get out of this ass? I lose a player that we had for 10, 11 years, a hell of a player, who's had a couple of injury bugs lately. We're giving up our franchise player for what? For a partridge in a pantry? I don't know. You Somewhere, somehow, the the, 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 the scope got to be the, – the horizon got to open up. The one team or bus, you're right, uh, this might go on to the trade deadline. I, mean, I listen to NBA radio all the time, and uh, they're, they're, they're sounding redundant now, man. They're beating this horse to death. And what, what's really happening? Nothing. You know, y'all guys know I don't, I don't watch summer league. I, I don't get into that. So I'm, I'm just – sitting back, watching all the going-ons. And, again, i got to keep reiterating what I said. It's July, people. You know, it's July. If we're expecting, 
you know, some earth shattering. No, no. I think what we've done is good. What the NBA is doing, you know, with the player movement, think about that too, guys. There hasn't been no exorbitant, exorbitant player movement. You know, you got you got Kyrie stood where he was at. James Harden, he don't know whether he's coming or going. So where did all of these stars go? Zion, Zion still in New Orleans. Uh, Trey Young and Murray still in Atlanta, though they did finally move Collins, you know, which is – I yeah, guess I mean, that's what they wanted to no, do. No, no, what, but, are, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that, Don? I wanted to ask you about that trade with uh, Collins going to Utah and Rudy Gay coming back. What uh, they were trying to get rid of Collins for a minute. What are your thoughts, Don? And then, then we could get Coach Chris back. I think, yeah, I think they were trying to get rid of again, Steve. We're not in the know, but there was something between him and this organization. And, and you know what? You something happened after you gave him his money. It, it, just like. Uh, the other guy, the center they had for a while, I forgot who I forgot who he was, but I, and I forgot the team he went to. But it seems like Atlanta does that. You know, you invest, and then you say, uh, really not happy with the investment. And but come on, Steve Collins for Rudy Gay? Nothing against Rudy Gay. Trust me, I'm not bashing Rudy Gay, but not for no damn John Collins, please. I just think somehow, some way, whether again. Did he not get along with Trey Young? You know, Trey Young has ran 18 coaches and a and a scarecrow out of Atlanta since he's been there. So was it something with them? But I I think they lost at that one, Steve. Maybe because I like John let me, Collins. Let me let me let me ask you this, Don, because I think this is a very good question for you and Coach Chris, and I have two. Do you think the Hawks got enough value out of John Collins? Just take that question for however you want to you want to take. No, no, they didn't, Steve. Not not for his not for his athletic as I don't, I, I, no I don't think so Steve no and we're not talking no Ob Top and Knicks type shit no we're talking this guy had all the making you know he had the good mid range shot he could jump out the gym his defense was solid he could rebound and get, come on Steve Coach Chris let's just go back a few years and see what this guy was doing in Atlanta. Really? And then all of a sudden you woke up one day and said, hey, you know, I'll trade him for Rudy Gay? There has to be something more than no, just no, it, talent. It was more than that. It was more than that. But go ahead and finish your thoughts. Let me get Coach Chris' thoughts on that, because I, like, I, I thought that was an interesting move. Not even an interesting move. It's not a surprising move for me. Based on no, I'm, I'm good, how Steve. I, let, 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 Coach Chris, let Coach Chris go. I'm good. Okay, check out for the new link, uh, Dom, and go ahead, Coach Chris, fire away and get your thoughts. So, yeah, it was a baffling kind of move, and I do agree that there has to be something that they're not letting out. Um, it could be something like him and Trey Young not getting along because we all know Trey Young is their guy, although I keep hearing that maybe they want to move Trey Young now as well. But, um, just his teammates don't seem to like Trey Young, from what I understand. When you ask the other guys on Atlanta, you know, they have great things to say about other players, but they don't necessarily have great things to say, or they don't say anything at all about Trey Young. So it could have been a, a contributor, where maybe he was the guy, that, the only guy on the team that was like, yo, Trey, shut the fuck up, you know? And, and when you have that, that bully-type mentality, now, to the star players, that kind of gets you in trouble. When When 
in reality, he probably needed, they probably needed somebody like that, right? Um, I don't think Atlanta got the best version of him because he hardly got the damn ball. He had to kind of go and seek out the rebound, chase it, chase it down, and, and, and do what he had to do when in actuality, he, you know, they, they had a nice two-man game there for a while, even with, with Hunter. You could let's say they had three guys. Um, they had a nice little situation there when they went, went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not sure where the situation was, where the divide was, but it was like every year you started hearing more and more that they, they were trying to get rid of John Collins. As far as us, I'm glad we didn't make any of those moves. And none of those trades that, that, that were even being discussed was I didn't even, like, open my phone to read the story for. Um, definitely don't want James Harden. He, he's just not at this point in his career. There's no way I'm even entertaining that. Paul George would have been a nice addition, but, man, the guy, he can't stay healthy. I mean, that's a big part of the game. He's just he's just not available. He's not there, you know. Um, and, you know, as far as the Damian Lillard thing, yeah, I'm, I'm getting tired of it myself. Nothing's going to happen. We all know that. In order to get a franchise player, you're going to have to give up a lot. And I don't see Miami having a lot. And I don't know who that third team is going to be. That I guess they want to move Tyler Hero. And Portland doesn't want Tyler Hero, so they want to move him somewhere. So who's going to be that third team to take him on? Um, I don't, it, it's going to have to be, you know, best fit scenario. And if I'm Portland, <coughs> excuse me, I'm in no rush. No rush at all. <laughs> Excuse me. Dame won't. Thank you. Dame is not going to dictate to me where he's going to go when I can't get value back from my team. If I'm the GM, your job is to do what's best for the team. That's what they've been doing the past three years. They've been drafting all these young guys. They didn't trade not none of their picks to try to get no veteran players. They were doing what's best for the team. They're not going to rush it now. They're not going to change it just because he's saying I want to trade, particularly specifically just to the Miami Heat. No, I don't see it going down like that. So this this may take a while. We may be hearing this redundant trade scenarios and this and that. And remember, guys, there's always a, there's always a team that we least expect. There's always a team that we didn't really pay attention to that comes swoops right in and gives the deal that they, that, that team was looking for. Uh, so I, I'm not going to pay attention to it till now. For now, uh, we'll see where it goes. Quick question. I know Av has some highlights he wants to share with uh, Collins, but quick question for you, Coach Chris. Were you surprised Portland drafted Scoot Henderson in the draft that early, knowing that they didn't move Dane? No, because I think they did it as an insurance. I think they had an idea that Dane was going to ask out. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's because you, you need a Scoot there in case, because all we kept hearing about was trade the number three pick or Dane was going to be out, Right. If you couldn't get, because at first I think I, I heard them saying they wanted to try to get Carl Anthony Towns with that third pick. If you couldn't get that, a player that was going to come right in and impact and be a, a, an addition to what he's already bringing, then you might as well draft the best available player. So you do it with the intention to draft for his replacement. If he's going to leave, who else were you going to have run your point? It was the best option for them to do. I, I can see that because I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I'm blind to the Portland situation on – because I thought Dame – last time I heard from Portland, the inner workings, Dom, I know, I know Dom, he listens to a lot of NBA radio and all that. I thought he wanted to retire as a trailblazer. That's the reason why he got the contract. So 
this is news to me that, or even draft night about shipping him. Well, it made sense that he was going to be out the door once I saw Portland drafting him the night after we did the last show here on the Nickelbacker Avenue Forum. So I said, wait, wait, oh, so now he wants to go? Like, what changed his mind? I thought he, Portland for life or something. I don't know. I think once they drafted that kid, it was it was over. I mean, I and they was only putting the car before the horse because he already was grumbling about you know maybe it's time for me to move on and you know the direction they're going. I don't want to play with kids. I mean, the guys had a million and one different stories, and right he can say whatever he wants, but don't get upset when Portland decides to do what's best for Portland, which was a good thing drafting that young kid. You got you a point, guard. So now it's just they, they could have moved him already, guys, if the stipulations weren't so hard. Let, let's be honest. He, he could have been moved by now. But when, when you're limiting your uh, – this might not end well, fellas. It might not end well. That's kind of like my point in the whole situation is that, all right, so you have a free agency period. You signed that big, that big multi-million dollar supermax deal, and in in about two years, he's going to be making up to sixty to sixty-three million dollars. Yeah. And my my question, to, you know, to if if I'm a Miami Heat fan, which I'm not, but if I was, how are they going to be able to accommodate that? Because they were, ha- I mean, it was tricky enough when they had LeBron, Wade, Bosch, and then they had Ray Allen. It was tricky enough as it was. And now you're expecting with the new CBA being what it is, with the new thresholds and the hard cap and penalties and, stuff and whatnot, how are they were gonna, how are they were gonna be able to field the team with when you have a sixty to sixty three million dollar player already on your roster and you have eleven other positions to fill? I just don't understand how you're gonna do that. It's a it's a Carl Anthony Towns issue. Same thing. Carl Anthony Towns on his last leg is going to be making close to $63 million a year. Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, I like Carl Anthony Towns. Don't get me wrong. But $63 million a year? Mm, I don't know. Uh, Steve, um, I I, I mean, we've talked about this before in in, in years past, that, you know, we're all about the players having their – you know, their right to choose where they want to go and sign their contracts and get their money. But it, this is not that case. This is a case of where he signed a multi-million dollar deal to, you know, super max deal to stay with Portland, saying that he was Portland for life. And this is not the first time that we see situations like this where you see players sign up for their super max and then within the first two years they're already requesting trades and then they have the gall, the cojones, the freaking ass to be traded to a specific place. It would be different if Dame had listed a couple of different teams. Because at one point there was Miami, there was Brooklyn, there was maybe even Philly in there, in there. And I'm pretty sure that if it was, if, if some of the other teams were really involved, they would probably have gotten the deal done by now because, you know, maybe. They, you know, they already have some connections and, uh, and they kind of combined it with their other deals. But they really fucked the Blazers in, 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 in a huge, in, in a huge way 
by saying, I only want to go to Miami, you know, and, and, and then as actually asking, uh, it's actually having his, his representation tell other teams, you do not want this disgruntled superstar on your team. He wants, he has a preferred destination. Don't even bother calling. So, and then he wants, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of blind to the situation. So, listen, I don't think he owes Portland anything, honestly. He's probably one of the top three players in that franchise's history. You know, Supermax contract. Listen, guys get Supermax contracts, and they get parlayed all the time. We Shit, it just happened to Bradley Bill. We thought Bradley Bill would probably have been in Washington to the, to the end of his contract. And now look at him. He's out in Phoenix right now, right? So we look at these situations. We were just talking about Evan Fournier. Like, these contracts are designed not only, you know, these guys get paid or nothing, but it's also pieces to move in the future when things do not go their way, especially teams that are subpar in the league. So, you know, this is, listen, this is the irony in this conversation. This is the country that we live in. You know, people are allowed to change their mind. He talked that game, that Portland for Life game shit. One day, then he's watching Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray win the championship. Now he has a change of heart. I don't know. I mean, maybe he had an epiphany. Like, damn, man. I could, if he could win the championship, shit, let me try to get me in a situation now. I'm getting older. You know, it's only but so much to do in Portland. Might as well ship me somewhere I want to go. I don't know who the trade partners in this. I, that's you guys. You guys are more into the weeds. I'm just speaking it from an objective psychological perspective of how these players probably are thinking. He probably saw Denver win the championship, and he's like, man, this is a team I used to cook when it went, when, before they went to the NBA Finals. And speaking of them, they lost some pieces too, uh, Dom. I definitely want to get your thoughts on losing Bruce Brown, uh, yeah. you know, him going to Indiana. So maybe not forget that part, but, I mean, these guys changed – their minds, I mean, they're allowed to. That, I mean, that's the beauty of you know, the country you live in. They're allowed to change their mind because I, I was a little surprised that it went, but I'm not shocked. That's my point. But I think, I think sometimes, guys, these, these guys that want to go, like, here, I want to go here. Now, you're not taking into consideration what going here means. Like, what is here losing? You Again, y'all bring up a good point. Denver. Denver went out and got a... Eric Gordon, uh, Brown. Are you with the Phoenix? Who? Oh, not Eric that Gordon. Guy. I mean, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Okay. When they okay. when they went out Aaron. and got them, they didn't bankroll their future to get these players, guys. They didn't. They got these pieces they put together behind Joker, Murray, Smith. They went and got good pieces. And again, I said this to y'all before. Gordon was going to be the difference in that championship because his defense alone was going to put a stymieism to Butler. Butler's horse had just about ran its course, and now you've got this guy running around after you all game. But they didn't bankroll their whole future to get Gordon, where somebody's giving up a, a Carmelo-type bag to get Damian Lillard. So that means that team is not going to be – to put it mildly, if he goes to Miami, is Miami winning the chip? No. No. I know, and don't tell me uh, what they did last year. Don't well, tell me what well, they let, did last let, year. 
as much as I hate Miami, I can't ignore what they did in that heat culture. You add a hey. shot maker like that? I, I, I mean, I need to see the final roster. I know that Struess went to um, Cleveland, right? They're going to find yeah, yeah. guys and replace these guys at will. I, 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 I'm not going to totally write that off knowing what happened with Boston. Did you guys bring up Marcus Smart or, you know, him going to the, to the, the Grizzlies? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Because the East ain't going to be the same East, you know what I'm saying? No. It makes it no, be the it's 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 really interesting though because you know I think that Boston took a step backwards and Cleveland you know I don't think they're that much better even even with their additions they're not that much better. How much? Um, Ab, how much? How much? How much step? Let's let, let's look at those two teams in particular and then get Coach Chris back on Boston and Cleveland. How much step back did those two teams take? As far as coming back to the where the Knicks are, you know, we could tie it back into a Knicks perspective, or even a Miami on what their potential could be as is, or even if they somehow land Dame. I, you know, I don't, you know, Miami's always got something cooking, so I don't, I, I don't, I don't even try to play the rumor game with them. What, what's your thoughts on Boston and Cleveland taking a step back? Your, your thoughts on that? The, the, to drill it more into that. Ass. Well, what's interesting is is that, is that Cleveland. Thinking that they were adding Struess, and and you know there was a little bit of rumblings that they you know they were regretting um, the Donovan Mitchell trade, and really if you think about it, there's a, there's a good reason to to think to think that. But then the owner or the president um, recently comes out says he wants to keep the core of Levert, um, of of Mitchell and, and and Garland together, and you know if that's going to be the case, you know that's great. But what are you going to do about your front court? What are you going to do about your bench? You still have to supplement that. And adding Nick Struess is just, you know, just like a, like a smidget of what you had. And I don't think that, you know, that they, they were taking a step forward. They're actually taking a step, a couple of steps backwards. Boston, trading Marcus Smart and then, and then adding Kristaps Porzingis, man, that's – I see disaster written all over it. Not saying and that for Zingas, exactly. and, and, and there's that. So, 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 if you really think about it, I think that Boston just kind of took themselves out that number two spot or number three spot, wherever they were. You know, whether you rent Milwaukee, Philly, and them. You know, one, two, three. However, you wanted to. I think they took a, a, a huge step backwards, and now they're looking at four or five because you're going to bank for Zingas staying healthy which I'm sure that in one of those years he will, but more often than not he won't. You, you, you lose smart, so you lose, your, you, you lose a general there, uh, you know, a, a fourth general, which is huge. And, and if Miami does get Dane, that, you know, that, that kind of elevates them a little bit. But you remember, what do they have to give up to get Dane over there? Because they can't just – because they don't have anybody that they're willing to trade – to match it, oh, you know, of salary for salary. Listen, I definitely want to get Dom's thoughts on that. Can you quickly chime in on these the John Collins highlights uh, you wanted to talk about as oh. far as, you know, the Utah? I mean, we have to play it on loop, so if you want to add that. Here's, here's, here's the weird thing. Before you show the highlights, and I'll say, here's another guy. I think it was the COVID year, 25 mil for five years. And all of a sudden, you wake up one day and say, I don't like Steve. 
You gave this guy $125 million, $25 million a year, 10 minutes ago. And now, I mean, it's like the Clint Capella thing. You gave Clint Capella 25, another one, you gave him $25 million a year for three years. And he barely plays. Well, you saw that, bro? I mean, wow. something's wrong with Atlanta. Well, obviously, look at the turnover rate of, of, of their head coaches. You had Nate McMillan for a spell, and, and, and he took that team, made it a playoff team, took him all the way to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals, and then after a year or two, they fire him. And it's because he just, you know, something between him and Trey Young and, and, and the rest of the team, he lost the locker room. And it, it just has to do with the locker room itself. I just think that, you, you, you know, that the GM – and the and the coaching staff are just never in tune. It, to me, it, I'll be real quick and get Coach Chris's thoughts. To me, the Collins situation was more of an, a contract situation. They they were always not on the same page ever since the time he was trying to like his last year or the last year leading up to a new contract. They kept on extending it, trying to find ways. They find it. I think it was more business than anything, not necessarily on the court. <laughs> My point I'm going to bring up to you guys, because I thought when he came out of Wake Forest that the Hawks got I, – I thought he played a lot more better than I thought he would in the league. So I thought they over got much – I think they exceeded his value, what they thought they, what they thought he was going to get. Uh, Coach, Chris, you have any thoughts on the Johns Collins and anything else we were talking about with Dame Lillard? And, and let's – you know, maybe – Av, I got the, the Wimby Yamba uh, highlights ready to go too. Mm. I mean, I, I'm just trying to – to see, like, what what did Atlanta think they could have gotten? Like I said, I think he should have gotten the ball more. I think he had more potential than what they they um, show, allowed him to show. But what do they think they were going to get out of him? Did they think he was going to be an all-star? Oh, what, 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 let me ask you this. Do you think they found the answer in Sadiq Bay? So, to me... Sadiq Bay is a small forward, and to me, John Collins is a power forward, and they have very different games, right? So to me, John Collins is a high flyer. He's a better rebounder. He's a gritty type of player. Sadiq Bay is a, is a good player, but I think I see him more as a shot maker. I think he can stretch the floor. He can shoot the ball better. He can handle the ball better. I don't see him being the answer, and I don't know if maybe – Maybe they want to try some shit with putting Okongu with Capella on the floor at the same time. I think that would be a disaster, but go ahead, do you, Atlanta. Um, I just don't I – don't, I don't understand. For, for what they had on that team and what he brought, and he was a good fit for, for what was going on there, for that rebuild that they had, for what they were doing pushing forward. I don't think – I'm not sure what they thought they could get out of him. I, he's not Julius Randle. He's not Anthony Davis. He, he, none of those guys that, you know, potentially could be an all-star. I think he's a very good player. I don't think he is anything more. He's not going to be your next Dominique Wilkins or nothing like that. He's, he's just not that guy. Um, so I, I'm not sure what, that, what the issue was with Atlanta. But, hey, listen, that's one less powerful to me we got to worry about. Cool. One less high flyer, one less rebounder. Because I don't like Atlanta after this shit they pulled in the playoffs anyway. And I, I swear every time Trey does this bullshit, I want to jump through my screen and choke his little skinny ass. So <laughs> they want to they make that trade? Thank you. 
Cool. Get one get one of them guys out of there. I think they took a step back with that though, and quite quite honestly. I think that and they're I not gonna you, be as good as I think Utah took a step forward. Definitely. They did. I think they did. Definitely. You play they, him with, I think they with definitely Kessler. took a huge step forward. Yeah. With Kessler and Markinen in the front court, oh man. That's perfect. And Colin. That's a perfect fit. Yeah. What yeah. Colin did. That's a perfect and, you fit. Know, you know what he I think? He's from Utah. John Collins is from Utah. Really? Go figure. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. So, 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 as the discussion goes, um, currently right now, Steve has um, queued up um, highlights of the summer league from, you know, of the number one overall pick, Victor Wimbanyama. Um, you know, so far, um, he's exceeding expectations, um, but it's the summer league. I, you know, I don't know how much you can really bet on that. Um, you know what? I, I, I want him to because, you know, sometimes I, I, I look at I look at the number one overall pick and I see a big, you know, big lengthy kid like like Wimbanyama, and I start to wonder, is he also is could he possibly end up becoming a bust or, or is he going to be one of those guys that is going to be injury riddled, you know, you know throughout the first few years of his career and. I don't know. Some, something about his game and, 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 and just about his, his physical presence that doesn't sit well with me. And if I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, I wouldn't be 100% certain about him either. But what are your thoughts, Dom? Can't be no worse than Zion Williamson. <laughs> Woo! I mean, I, I, give, I give him – I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I heard Dom. I heard that. Allegedly, Britney, what's her name? Is it Britney Spears trying Britney to Spears. touch it? Oh, yeah. Zero Curity uh, smacked her up. Like, man, is, they already out there, Dom. They already out there. <laughs> they try to I mean, I, I don't want to get into that part, but I'm afraid for this kid, man. He just looks, man, like, can you imagine him going up for a shot and let's say a Zion Williamson? Hits him, runs into him, whatever. Or Julius Randle, for that matter. Can you imagine? Hell, even Julius LeBron Randall James. Kid down? I'm afraid for this guy, man. He he ain't Ralph Sampson. He he's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know, he's he's not that. I mean, I'm I'm sort of. He just looks weird, man. He just looks. We like never no seen him. We, we, we yeah, never seen him. Not at this height. Like, like we never see no, this shit. Look at that. I mean, oh, my man. thing is this: we, we got to take into account, we got to take into account who he's playing for, and what yeah. they're known for. They are known That's- for sitting players and taking care of players by, you know, like preserving. They they invented this whole um, with the load management bullshit. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, the dude looks fragile. <laughs> but do I think I think San Antonio is going to preserve and they're going to make sure that this dude is succeeding in any way he can. Don, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Greg Pop? I thought I could have swore Greg Popovich was on his way out. I thought they, he was on a okay. retirement tour. And then I watched him and suddenly they talking about extension. Like, oh, like that dude is such a front runner, man. 
He belongs. He does not want no parts of development. Like, like, like. He's gonna die on the bench. No franchise development. Non-franchise development. I thought he was out the door. I was surprised. Yeah, he got a five-year. Got a five-year extension. I gotta go back one step. I gotta go back one second, guys. I don't want to hear none of this heat culture, uh, undrafted players. Because when you won your chips, you had a drafted Dwayne Wade. When you won your other trips. Chips. Uh, LeBron was a draft pick. Uh, Wade was a draft pick. Uh, Bosch was a draft pick. Don't give me this bullshit you do it one time and all of a sudden it's this heat culture. Get out of here. When you look at these guys, the Trumps, the Struces, the Vinces, these guys average seven, nine points throughout the year. Some of them hit pay dirt in the playoffs. Okay, yeah, great. But don't give me that heat culture shit like y'all have done this for your whole career. Nah. Y'all bought championships. You had good draft picks. Don't give me this. We we play. We go get all the undrafted picks. Man, get out of here. That's like listening to Popovich with you. You're right, Steve. I thought he was doing the goodbye tour last year. I thought, yeah, I thought he had a goodbye tour. I know what I saw. And the next thing you know, I'm watching the summer league. I, I think it was this game. This the game we're watching right now on Sunday. And he said five years extension. I thought he was just chilling and yeah. Vegas kicking. I'm like. I thought you was gone, bro. Like you know, talk about he's a he's an underrated front runner because he did the same shit I, I, when after David um what's his name Larry Brown and, and they they had that tank season when Robinson got hurt and then all oh, Tim Duncan is available. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I think he'll be the, I think he's the highest paid coach now. Well, uh, he's well deserved, but still. I'm 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 pretty sure his wife is looking at him and is like I thought we were going to Hawaii. <laughs> I thought we were about to travel, motherfucker. Because I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I say, you know, say it all the time, people, guys. I retired at an early age, and ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm I'm happy. I, I'm happy. I can do what point. I want. But my last point before I know if anybody else has thoughts, and then we can get the final thoughts. Dom, I know you don't like this, bro. And listen, I'm gonna be honest. I this is the the only reason why I'm watching the summer league is the the guy we're seeing on the screen. Now I did try to watch the Nick Net summer league game on Sunday. That almost put me to sleep. So I have no interest in the Nick this year for the summer league. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but outside of that, Dom, I'm I'm a fan of the summer league still because it gives. People and chance to get out and see the world, get out, see Vegas, get out and do things. Watch, you know, meet players. I saw Isaiah Hartenstein signing autographs, and, and you know they were doing like you know meet players and stuff. I think that's good for Lee. I would do that better than I would do that better than the uh, watch the, the WNBA. No offense to the WNBA, but this is about yeah. the prop. No liberty. What's available to the, to the to the fans? I, this is, the NBA summer league is a win to me, even though if I might not watch it this year. It's, look at it. You got you got more people at these summer league games than that than at the WNBA games. Yeah, and you it's know what? It's a damn shame. I heard it's very affordable. You know, there's, there's some say you could take the trip from wherever you're at. Take the trip from, let's say, North Carolina to Vegas. Get you a good hotel room, see the game, and you're still coming out cheaper than seeing a regular game during the season. Well, for so sure. it gives it gives a fan that just wants to see hoops. Yeah, maybe one day I'll change my mind and maybe take a flight out there. Because they say it's a real yeah. good experience. I will say that, even though I'm not into it. 
They say it's a great experience. Yeah, I, I went a few years ago. I was there at the championship game, San Antonio versus Phoenix. It was great. A lot of fan interaction wow. stuff. Um, and there was a lot of stuff going right on for the kids. Yeah, I think I, I think I paid like twenty five dollars for my ticket. Oh shit! Hell yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. I'm actually hey, I'm actually going out to Vegas. And and then you like, like going to see like the veteran NBA players. You get to meet them and sign autographs. Like they're kind of like they're, they're right in your face, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I they, they're, they're moving around. They're, they're walking around every day. I mean, if you go into the lower section, the tickets are going to be a little bit more, but that's they call it the lower bowl, right? But then if you just sit kind of that next tier up, you kind of you buy your ticket. You sit wherever you want. So you, you get your ticket and, you, you know, first come, first serve, you just fill it in the seat. I don't know if it's changed now. You know, being, we all saw it, it was packed all the way to the top for that first game. Um, so maybe they did individual tickets. But when I went, they were like, yo, and I said, Where, where's my ticket? They said, just, you're in this section, this area here, just sit where you want. And I, I sat, you know, a section over from the Gonzalez twins when they were playing for UNLV. So, you know, you, you saw a couple guys. Mike James was the point guard for uh, Phoenix at that time. Uh, slow-mo was playing with San Antonio. So it, Floyd Mayweather was there. I mean, it was, you know, it was a bunch of just people, and you just, you move around. It's like, it was like being that kind of, if you ever been to the NBA draft, you're just bumping into people as you move around. It was like that. I, and, I, and I'm mad right. I'm actually flying out to Vegas on Wednesday, and they'll be done by the time I get there. Uh, well, maybe you can switch to an earlier flight or something, but um, that's, uh, <laughs> that kind of wraps it up for us, folks. Um, let's go around for final thoughts. Gentlemen, we have two minutes each. Don, let's start off with you. Your final thoughts. Steve. I had a surprise visit. My wife's cousin bought tickets, so I took a flight to Detroit for $130 and got to see Comerica Park. Why? Wow. Who played? Nice. $118 round trip. Reggie bought the tickets. This fool, I don't mean to get off, but he, he calls me on Wednesday, Steve. Dom, I got tickets for Saturday. Let me try it. I'm going to try. Got me a great ticket. Flew out to Detroit. So now I'm down to you got any, Jay, um, well, food, you have any food City recommendations in, in Detroit? Stadium. You have any food recommendations was, in Detroit? Oh, smart spot. You, you know, you know what everybody says, Steve. New York, Chicago, Detroit. When it comes to pizza, nah, nah. The, the good thing is I stood with Reggie, so he cooked. So we basically – I only stood – I was only there for three days, Steve. I got there on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, flew home Sunday. I went to the Saturday game, and I flew home Sunday. Nice. So, but nice. On, my, on my final thoughts, guys, the Knicks are going to be the fourth seed. No matter what we do from here out, we're going to be the fourth seed. If we just stay stat – I don't mean I hate to use the word status quo – but if we stay where we were at, you know what, guys? Remember, in today's NBA, the Knicks only gave up 106 points a game last year with that great offensive improvement. Can they repeat it? No, I think they can do better. Remember, guys, and I'm going to close with this. The Knicks was one bad pass away from going to a game six or game seven. One bad pass. So we learned – we, we moved forward. The great thing is we moved forward. We had some bumps, but we learned something. So now we can come back this year, regenerate it, and 
Let's see where we go, guys. Fourth seed. I, I see them having a fourth seed, home court advantage. And let's just take it from there. On that note, guys, All thank right. you so much. Thank you very much, Dominic Donato DP on Twitter. Um, are you on Threads yet? No, I don't even. What is that? That's like the new thing. Con- uh, c- c- combine it with Instagram. It's like the new what the Twitter. Fuck is that? I guess. Yo, what is that? Shit? I know. Is this like Facebook Vision or Twitter or something? What is that? I, I guess I don't know. But hey, if yeah, anyone if wants to follow fun. me, I'm on there. Coach Chris, your final thoughts, sir, please. So. I do like the direction of where we're going. I've been, I've been, you know, on that for a while now. But like I said, guys, I don't want to wait to to the last minute. I think if we're gonna fill a spot, a roster spot, let's do it quick. If we're gonna get rid of Fournier, let's do it quick. I don't want to wait to see. I don't want to be the last person there with no dance, nobody to dance with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let, let's do something. Um, I do think that this is the year where we're gonna see a lot more movement or at least a lot more requests. I think it's, it's become so prominent now in the, in the NBA that it's almost like uh, it's the thing to do. So I, do I think this Damian Lillard thing is going to be the last one? No. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of more players requesting um, because it's a, it's a fast, immediate, you know, win-now situation. I think the only, the only – if you're not on a young team like a Detroit, Houston, Orlando, somebody, OKC, somebody like that, I think – any of these other players, these star players that have been kind of struggling to do something for a while, I think they're going to start requesting these trades. So we'll see where it goes from there. All right. Thank you very much. Mr. Steve Azul, your final thoughts, sir? Yeah. A great episode. It's great to be back with you guys, our first episode since the break half. Um, you know, we didn't even get to the Dylan Brooks. You know, Don, Don, we were, we were oh. trying our best to make sure you didn't throw up this episode. I, I, that shot me. I don't know, Coach Chris. If you could quickly answer this, and Don, you too, and F. What? I mean, preferably, I can understand it, but Dylan Brooks, I'm not, a, I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to do. Mix with that, 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 um, the youth. You know, with with a Duque out there. You know, what's your thoughts on that, real quick, Coach Chris? If you could answer that real quick, and then Don, and then F, and then I'll go back to my final thoughts so we can wrap up. No way in hell should this man be making more money than somebody like a Russell Westbrook. That killed me when I saw that contract. And I understand Houston was just trying to – they got to have to fill a certain amount of percentage of their salary cap. But, oh, my good to give him that type of money when the other team that had him said there is no way in hell we're going to bring him back, that was obviously for a reason. I don't know what Houston was thinking with that one. I, I mean, you know, I understand you know the body buried. Yo, maybe, maybe <laughs> because I understand the Fred Van Vliet. You give him, you give him a lot of money, but man, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Don, what were your thoughts on that? Real quick, you said the same thing. Sure, I've said it before, guys. It was bound to happen when when these guys become free agents with Memphis. How are they going to keep them? Say what you want about the strong, young court. It's about dollars and cents. And in the market they're in, you don't you don't gave John Moran a boatload. So somebody willing to give this guy eighty million, and you weren't. Hey, this is going to keep happening with Memphis guys. I called this two years ago, but everybody kept saying, "Oh, this young core in Memphis." Yeah, okay, try keeping them. Let's see how that works out. 
Honestly, I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm, when I saw the, 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 the number that they gave him, <laughs> it, I had How like many a, years like did he a, get, Steve? He, he got four, four years, $86 million. And it could go up to 90 with the incentives, but go ahead, ask. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I just, felt, I just, I, I just felt like somebody just punched me in the stomach, like, like almost at the belt line, like, damn. <laughs> like I'm in the wrong business, seriously. Because look, I'm not saying Dylan Brooks is a scrub. I'm not saying that at all. I, and congratulations on his fucking on getting his badge. But for real, yo, 86 million. <laughs> they added. Yeah, yeah. They added the Thompson twin in the draft. They added, um, you know, they had Jabari Smith. Yeah. I just don't understand. Favorably makes sense, but I just the Dylan Brooks, he his shots, his shot selection or his shot ability to make shots later in the season, this past season, it was trash. I I just don't I don't understand. Maybe he just needed to give credit to the agent. I guess that's the way that, that's the last point I want to make. But this is a great episode. Ab. It was great to be back. Um, Steve Vincenzo, the top in trade, John Collins, Kyrie Irving, Dame Lillard, Harden. I, you know, we'll be back in two weeks to, to get more into more offseason. The Summer League, Don hates the Summer League. Coach Chris likes the Summer League. I respect the Summer League. Ab, I don't know how you feel about the Summer League. Your final thoughts as well, and then take us home, man. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Summer League when we have something to talk about, since we really don't. Um, I haven't been paying attention. I haven't even been paying attention to too much of baseball lately, and, 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 and you know, because I'm just kind of like disgusted at the moment. But look, um, like I said earlier, it's only July, people. It's July 12, 2023, and we have a long time between now and opening night at Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, for you know, for, for, for when the big league teams, you know, takes the court and, and, and begins the regular season. Um, I like where we're headed. I like the I like the moves so far. Uh, I, I think that there's another one out there. Um, I hope that you know they're not just holding their breath for it because it it may not come when you think it does. And, and if you're a Knicks fan, a real Knicks fan, a, a true blue diehard New York Knicks fan, and not one of those talking heads on Twitter, you will know firsthand that this team is going to be good. I'm said fourth seed. I, I'm thinking that there's no reason why we can't be the third seed, uh, or, 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 or even better than that. But hey, who, who's the team is not even right fully now? assembled right now. Who's ahead? Of, who's, who's ahead of us? Is it probably Milwaukee or maybe not it's Milwaukee? Probably, who's ahead of us? It's it's Milwaukee, and as as currently constructed, as pending, it's the Philadelphia 76ers. I just think that. Because they still have James Harden, and I think that you know that trade movement, even though he's not being specific as to where he wants to go. I'm really behind. Who did they add? I don't read. Who did Philly add? Because I know Milton left. Who who else is on that? It's the same team, right? They added Mo Bamba. Okay. Okay. And and as we currently speak, Indiana is trying is trying to engage them in a trade for Tobias Harris. So, you know, who, who knows what kind of a deal they end up getting. Maybe they end up with Toppin at the end of the day. Who knows? Um, but, frankly, if you're a Knicks fan, you have, to be, you, have to, you have to feel good. We haven't been pleased. You know, we've gotten a little better. And it's still July, so there's still plenty of time for, you know, for, you know, for them to add up, to add their backup power forward to, to spell Julius Randle and to anchor down our, our you know, our, our bench. And then we're going to be straight, man. Um, 
Uh, it's a wonderful episode. Stay tuned to BlueBlueShow.com for, you know, for, for other shows. Um, I, I'm, I, will go, I will eventually, eventually get into the dugout. We're going to talk to Yankees because I have a lot of, a lot of um, venom to, to spill on that one. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great time. I hope everyone's enjoying the summer. I hope everyone is not just stuck on Twitter and, and, and your socials. Go out and enjoy the world. It's a beautiful weather out. It's a beautiful summer. Enjoy it as much as you can. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I am now on Threads. So give me a follow what there. The fuck is um, educate me. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about that. Oh, my God. Threads is – okay, so, 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 so I'm going to plug Threads for everybody. Threads is basically face Meta's answer to Twitter. Twitter is owned by Elon Musk. Um, oh, Meta was, was, his own, was his owned by Mark Zuckerberg, who owns, obviously, Facebook and Instagram. He created his own version of Twitter and called it Threads. And basically, you can jump on any thread uh, or any discussion and, and chime in. Um, depending on your likes and your and the people you're following, you can still follow people like your Instagram. It's connected to your Instagram account. So if you end up getting threads, and then you figure out that you don't like it, you can't delete it. Unfortunately, wow. because you might okay. end up deleting. That sounds like a trap. You might okay. end up deleting your Instagram account. You can uninstall oh, it, but you might end up deleting your Instagram account. So if you're one of those, you know, social media follow, uh, um, influencers who have a huge Instagram following. Um, be very wary. Um, I mean, the good news is is that most of your followers go with you if they if they if they install the app. But if they don't, you know, you're following my. The, the good thing is you get verified after I think about a thousand or two thousand um, followers. So um, I'm only at 145 or so, and so I'm not going to be verified on anything. Since like I'm not verified on Twitter, I'm not verified on Instagram or uh, Facebook, even though I have the, the large Facebook page. It you know it's just not the same. But Threads, it's a cool app if you like it. It's you know it's basically Instagram with you know but, but, but with more text and, and less pictures. Um, give it a follow if you're there. Follow me at Nickabacker underscore Avenue and um, you know stay tuned. We're you know we're gonna be doing these shows every two weeks until until opening night and then we'll be back onto our weekly format. Um, but great episode. Thank you so much to you know to Dominic Leonardo to Coach Chris, to Bossy for you know, for bully for uh, for stopping by, uh, for everyone listening, Steve Azul, I'm Nick Abakaev. Good night, enjoy your summer, and see you in two weeks. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.